0: What's a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co pilot, Lil Baron. Well, howdy. Lil Baron.
1: <laughs> How ha- <art>. Howdy. <laughs>
0: I thought that
1: was a good one. That's a great one. Yeah, see?
0: Ah, every week it's, it's good. It's good hey hey i uh, lil i thought we would highlight another sport today okay, is that okay ready. with you mm-hmm. we've made our way through a bunch of them the we last have? over the last several weeks we've been highlighting some of our sports mm-hmm. we've talked about archery and badminton and cycling we talked about track and field mm-hmm. and mountain biking and basketball and a bunch of mm-hmm. others today i thought we would talk about the biggest of them all oh, okay you know what that one is Yes, horseshoes. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't talked about horseshoes yet. So, uh, but
1: softball. Yeah, softball.
0: Horseshoes is great. We'll probably talk (laughs) about that in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, softball is our biggest sport at the Huntsman World Senior Games. It's one of the OS's. I've started calling them the OS's. The original sports. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's one of the original sports (laughs) at the Husband World Senior Games. We offered men's softball in 1987, the very Mm -hmm. first year that the games existed. And man, it has grown since then. It's right. We started with just a handful of teams. There wasn't really any age groups or Mm -hmm. skill levels or anything like that. It's just a bunch of guys who wanted to play. Slow pitch softball, <laughs> and so we we had it. We offered it today. It's different. Yes, it looks a little bit different. We have registered this year, three 300- hundred and 88 registered teams. Teams. I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about teams. That's 270 men's teams, 118 women's teams. Wow. Right now, we have over 5,000 athletes who have registered for softball. For softball. So pretty incredible. It's grown that big. In fact, it's grown so big that we have two management teams to direct the tournament. So Josh Olmsted is the director of the men's tournament and Connie Stewart helps run the women's tournament yeah. for us. And their management Management teams are made up of a couple of dozen people who help take care of all the details. They're an amazing crew. They help keep score. They recruit other scorekeepers. They keep the diamonds up so that they're nice and pristine. They run the results. They help with the brackets and the various divisions. Speaking of bracketing, what an undertaking. I know. Holy cow. We have eight (laughs) different age groups. So starting with 50 plus, uh, 54 plus, 59 plus. Uh, eight different age groups. And within each of these age groups, there are multiple skill levels within the age groups. it's It boggles my mind. Right. It boggles my mind. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games have to be scheduled. On top of that, each dugout is delivered fresh fruit, So the players can keep their energy up as well as coolers of water. Every Mm -hmm. single dugout, every single game. Uh, We've delivered little mini loaves of sweet bread. Mm -hmm. You know all about the sweet bread because you (laughs) have been the one who has picked it up at the grocery store (laughs) at 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, I, a little caveat this year with COVID and some of the restrictions and some of the precautions that are going on, that might look a little bit different. But yeah. uh, we're we're hoping to get right back to the high level of service that everybody right. is expecting and that they have expected and, and received in the past. Outstanding. It's going to, you know, it's just going to be, everything's going to be a little yes. bit different. Everything's going to be just a little bit different. Uh, but we're hoping that you'll still recognize it as the great tournament right. and to have a ton of fun with it. Let me tell you something that I think is really cool about senior softball. Okay. And that is that it's accommodating. So in this way, most of us are familiar with baseball having nine defensive players. You have three people in the outfield. Mm-hmm. I can see by your <laughs> face that you knew that uh-huh. you would have answered that correctly on Jeopardy. I know that <laughs> there's, there's three in the outfield. There's four in the infield. You have a catcher and you have a pitcher. There's your nine players. Most of us, Lil, most of us recognize that slow pitch softball has 10 players. They have an extra player that they call a rover. Did you know that? (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad I am glad I can share this with you. This is good for you to know for our yes, biggest sport I know. at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Um, so the rover kind of moves around in the outfield. Yeah. They kind of switch sides just to kind okay. of help cover the field back there. Uh, for the 50s, 55s, and 60s, those age groups play with 10 players. But here's the cool thing. The 65 and above age groups, they get to play with 11 defensive players. Wow. So it's just, I mean, it's just a reality. There, there's an extra defensive right. player on the field. As we age, it's just a little bit harder to to cover that much ground <laughs> right true. it just it is what it is um, but I'll tell you what has really happened as a result of that okay. and that is that the batters are so much better at placing the ball oh. so if you're interested if you want to talk about ball placement you ought to grab a 71 year old slow pitch softball player because they know how to put the ball where they want it right wow. in the, right in the hole uh, hopefully. That's their plan. So they get on base. Um, anyway, pretty amazing stuff. Let me just share another thing that I think is really cool. Many of our 65 plus women's players, 65 years old mm-hmm. and above, uh, they're out there having a ball, they're playing a sport that they love. But for many of them, it wasn't available to them. That's true. As kids, they didn't have little leagues for girls and um, they, it just wasn't available, unfortunately, right. it just wasn't. And so these women now that are out there, especially in the 65 plus, those mm-hmm. that are younger have really been able to benefit right. a lot from Title IX, but those that are above that, they're the pioneers, right? You know, they really are. And now here we are with almost 120 women's softball teams playing in the single largest senior softball tournament on planet earth. Right. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So here's a little trivia. Yeah. So when I was volunteering for the games, I was over the softball. And I The, the softball socials Yes, yes Socials I, I don't know about softball <laughs> yeah. But socials yeah. And I was here For the first Women's team You were I That's know. awesome so, 2001 Yeah That was the first year For the women. So yeah. anyway It's really really yes. cool There's a bunch of just Great history And, and it's been fun so to many, see So many fun stories That we can yeah. tell That we don't have time for right. But But uh, just so everybody knows Softball takes place On every competition day Of the games Right Every day there's competition There's softball from October 4th through the 16th this year. We have different age groups on different days. All the schedules are available at seniorgames.net for those who want to watch. It's free to head over to the softball venues Mm -hmm. and check it out. And speaking of venues, let me just touch very lightly on the venues. Wow, holy cow. The red sandstone backdrops of Goobler Fields, the Canyons Complex, the uh, backdrop of Pine Valley Mountain out at Little Valley. Like, I don't think you can play softball in a more beautiful place than St. George, Utah. And that's been one exactly. of our hallmarks of success. We get kind of excited around yeah. <laughs> here about softball, right? We do. Here at the games. But speaking of exciting. I know. Lil, today's <laughs> guest. I know. We want to welcome back to the show, Ernest Kyocho, who is a former Dixie State University football player. He's currently a personal trainer at the Intermountain Livewell Center. He graduated from Dixie State University with a degree in kinesiology. He has a couple of kids mm-hmm. and Loves to apply the lessons that he learned as an athlete to his training techniques. Ernest, welcome back to the show.
1: Yes. Hey, thank you. Yeah, appreciate uh, the warm welcome, and actually got to update that I've had a third kid. So oh sweet. my goodness!
0: <laughs> third. I, now that um, now that you mentioned that, I remember that you were expecting the last time you were on the show, weren't you? Okay.
1: Okay. Then yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, maybe. congratulations! Uh,
0: That's four fantastic. Months. So wow. three kids. That that, that keeps you busy for sure. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, that's why this has grown out. You've you got the beard. He's got a. He's
0: got a beard. For those who can't see us on the radio, he's got a beard going on. He doesn't have time to shave anymore. He and time. his wife—they're officially outnumbered. what are you you gonna do (laughs) right what are you gonna do how much (laughs) hey that's uh that's awesome so Ernest like I mentioned in your uh bio there we know that you played football at Dixie State University I'm curious I always ask this of our guests if you uh when we do our intro if you've ever played softball is that something that you've ever done just church ball community league anything like that
1: um yeah I actually have a funny story about that (laughs) okay (laughs) we love funny Uh, stories (laughs) St. George has the I think it's called like the Midnight Heat or something like that. Uh The Heat Stroker, yeah. yeah. Heat Stroker, there you go. And uh, my cousin, they were low on numbers one night, and it was the last night, actually, and they called me in. And my sister played softball at BYU, so I think they assumed that I was a softball player.
0: (laughs) We got to bring in the ringer for the last day, right?
1: right? So they bring me in, and I was in left field. And for some reason, the guys were just – hitting them out there. I think they went through their whole batting lineup through me because they just kept hitting them out there and I missed almost every single ball. So I have played softball and it's, I'm not very proud of my last performance. So all the
0: the cheerleaders at two o'clock in the morning are chanting, we want Ernest. We want Ernest. We want Ernest
1: out. Yes, correct. That's exactly it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, that's fun. It's a great game. I, I'm no good no. at it. I, I I would have the same experience when I was in high school. I used to play a little church ball, and I had a lot of fun. But I, I was never a, a, a contender by any means. But it is a fun sport. And I did just yeah. a, a
1: softball player oh, once. Does that count? Uh, hey, I'm going to count it. <laughs> okay, good. Next time,
0: next time heat stroke rolls around, you're going to get the call, Lil. <laughs> <I'm Colin. laughs> so hey Ernest, we we want to get into uh some health and wellness stuff here that's that's kind of serious we we spend a lot of our time talking uh with inspiring athletes about all the amazing things that they do and we cover a ton of other health and wellness topics as well um we we live in a in a society in a world where um you know, many people are taking full advantage of the the ability and the opportunity to to exercise and to work out and to live a healthy life, and and yet some of us also don't take full advantage of it or struggle with you know chronic situations and, and diseases. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of these things, specifically diabetes, high blood pressure, hypertension. Some of these these ones that you know can can be a problem for individuals as well as for a society, and then uh, a little bit about how exercise plays a role in some of those let's let's kind of break them out and take them one at a time let's start with diabetes that's one that we hear a lot about especially as a a population ages um what do we know about it and then what what how where does exercise fit into that one
1: yeah sure so diabetes um and this one hits pretty close to home because i have um family members in my own life that um have uh, you know there's type 1 diabetes type 2 so my um uh, i have a cousin that's type 1 diabetes was was um diagnosed at a really young age it was really you know it's been pretty sad um i mean she lives a great life but i just just to hear such a young girl um you know get that diagnosis um and just know what's ahead of her for the the you know majority of her life life. right um and then my father he's type 2 diabetes or type 2 diabetic and um you know i see what what he has to go through as well and so i see both sides of it that even though they're two two different types um, you know, they're, they're still going through uh, similar situations and where things need to be managed. Uh, so type one diabetes, um, that's where your uh, your body is no longer producing the insulin that it needs to uh, manage the glucose that's being produced in the body. Uh, type two diabetes is uh, where your your body is producing the insulin, but it's not receptive to uh, the glucose that is also in the body. So, Um, they, they, they are different, um, in in what they're doing to the body. Um, but in the end, um, you know, they're, they they have some of the same, similar factors and things that, that affect them. And so, yeah, so it's, um, it's just basically the body not either able to produce insulin or have, or the body, not the insulin that the body is producing, not being very effective. Um, I, I like to liken it to kind of like a lock and key type of scenario where insulin's there it's 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 there but the cell that needs to unlock itself to allow the uh, glucose uh, to attach basically there's no the 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 key doesn't fit in the lock
0: yeah yeah so then
1: that's that's my analogy with the type 2 diabetes
0: i like Um, that it makes sense Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so uh it's just the it's just the body not working properly, um, in those, in those aspects of what it needs to do. And, um, yeah, it it can, it can, there's some factors that it can affect. I mean, it can, I've seen like, I've seen my family members become, and then that, that from there I see lead to the others that we talked about or that you brought up, which is, you know, either hypertension or, uh, obesity or, um, you know, other factors like that. So it can start there though, for sure. So we, we know,
0: um, you know, just from w- what we hear and, and, you know, high school biology class and things like that, we know our body needs insulin. That's how we, you know, uh, process the energy that, uh, allows us to move and to run and to talk and to you know, do all the things that we do. And then we also know that sometimes that just doesn't, that system just doesn't work very well. Right. And that's the diabetes that we're talking about. Um, Oftentimes, I think, at least for me, maybe other people feel the same way when we think about diabetes. The first thing that we think about is we got to control our diet. We got to cut back on the carbs. Um, My sister was also diagnosed when she was like six or seven with type one diabetes. So she has had insulin injections her whole entire life. I, I mean, I remember... As just you know a seven year old little boy watching her put shots in her stomach and in her arms and in her legs you know it's just the way that it was it's just how how she did it so I'm very you know familiar with with that, that aspect of it as well so those are the things that I think of I don't always think of exercise though so how how does exercise work towards helping to be more efficient or or control that uh, you know that consumption of energy that the insulin helps us do
1: yeah uh, great question so Um, Just had a great conversation uh, uh, also with um, one of my colleagues here about that is that when we exercise, because what the insulin shots are doing, like what your sister would do um, is because they're not producing the insulin, you know, that glucose has nowhere to go. So by by injecting her body with the insulin, therefore, then then that glucose now has something to attach itself to, to kind of manage the glucose levels in the body. So with exercise, because exercise uses that, those sugars and glucose to burn its energy when you're exercising. Um, Cause I had, I had asked him about, you know, if, is there um, a way to completely get off the shots or is there just a way to minimize the amount that you're using? And he said, yeah, there's definitely a way to minimize the amount of uh, insulin that you're using because it's uh Let's say you're you're doing a certain amount. You can cut that in half if you're also exercising because by exercising, moving, burning that energy, burning using that glucose as energy uh, through your workout. Now you don't have to use as much insulin into your body. Um, You already kind of naturally burned it uh, through your exercises.
0: That makes sense. That That makes sense. sense. And so the uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. it, It feels like um generally speaking uh those that have the type one are tend to be more insulin dependent and those with type two could potentially be insulin dependent they, they may be taking shots or or maybe a, a pill um, but oftentimes it's um it's it's not uh treated in the same way as as type one is that is that correct or am i wrong on yeah
1: that? yeah that that is correct that um yeah, they're just treated differently. Um, cause like I said in, in type one there, there's the body's just not producing insulin. Um, whereas in type one, in type two, um, yeah, like my father takes pills for this and, but what it, yeah, it's just basically not being able to manage, um, the glucose, uh, in the body, the insulin's there. Uh, but it's just kind of resistant, but there's also, um, insulin resistant type, type diabetes as well. So it's a little similar. It's kind of like, um, uh, if you're type, if you're insulin resistant, that's also kind of like a precursor to becoming it's uh, diabetic. So it's like a pre-diabetic indicator. Um, but type two does work in that way where it's just not efficient in moving, managing that, that uh, glucose levels.
0: And we know that in both cases, exercise is going to be good. And, and I mean, hey, exercise is good no matter what, right? I mean, right. across the board, there's there's all these amazing benefits. So we, we all know that. Um, knowing it and, you know, and applying it are not always the same thing, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Um, but uh, but we do know that. Is there any research on which kind of exercise is better? Is resistance training better than cardio? Is cardio the way to go? Or, or is all exercise good in these cases?
1: Yeah, um, all exercise is Great. Um, I would say also just to, uh, if there's any other factors that go into it as far as, uh, you know, precautions of what someone can't do, but yeah, uh, strength training, um, aerobic training. So in aerobic training, you're looking at walking, jogging, swimming, biking, um, which I think, um, specifically in, in St. George and Southern Utah, it's a huge community of, um, the elderly that do, you know, those things, uh, pickleball, you know, any, any sports like that too. Um, but yeah, in general for, for, for general, um, uh, the general population, um, yeah, we can walk, swim, bike, like I said, um, hit high intensity, uh, it also intertwined with low intensity exercises. So doing something for an, uh, doing something intense for let's say, uh, five minutes. And then the next five minutes, you know, doing it at a lower intensity, those seem to work well too. Um, so yeah, combination of everything, strength training, high to high and low intensity workouts, uh, kind of like, uh, kind of like a crossfit. We have, you know, we have, we have a lot of gyms and, um, uh, around St. George that, um, where it's, it's, it's a group class uh, led by an instructor where everyone's kind of doing the same thing, either with weights or just body weights. Um, And so, yeah, so there's a lot of different, uh, different types of workouts out there and they're all great. Yeah. It just, Uh, just make sure you can do them based on your abilities and, any
0: precautions? Right, right, yeah. So, so all all movement is good movement, um, but I like that uh, advice there as well to you know, make sure that you're doing it the right way and uh, get some professional advice so that you're not injured. You know, right. if if you're if you're hurting yourself, then I mean that's not the goal either. We're not shooting for that either. Um, so we talked about diabetes uh, and exercise. I know that uh, the other ones that I mentioned, the high blood pressure and the hypertension, are also uh, very much, um, affected by the amount of exercise that we do, whether we're doing enough and we're doing okay in those areas, or we're not doing the, <laughs> the right amount and we're struggling there. Um, let's just, let's just, we're not going to have time to get into both of them, but let's just touch for just a second on high blood pressure. Uh, would you say the same thing I, I, again? Is it, is it resistance training? Is it cardio? Is it all of the above, or is there one area that works better when you're trying to lower that high blood pressure?
1: Yeah, I would, uh, I mean, I think that both are great, uh, whether you do um, strength training uh, and then incorporate some cardio as well. Uh, But I I would actually just say either one, because when you're doing strength training, you're also increasing your heart rate. And that's the key is do something that's increasing your heart rate. Um, So when you're doing your strength training, you want to make sure that you are increasing the heart rate, right? If it's something that you're doing that, Uh, It's kind of keeping your blood, uh, your heart rate at at bay. It's not really moving it. You want to get it to, and there's, there's heart rate zones that based on age where you need, you know, where's a good target area to be. So if you have, um, if you can see on a a certain chart of what your heart rate is uh, based on your age and where it needs to be for those training um, levels, then you want to do your best to get them into that, um, into that area. Now where we could come into uh, some, some problems is, is if with, high blood pressure, you're taking, you know, medications. There Mm -hmm. are medications that don't allow your heart rate to get to a certain level because it's, you know, it's either beta blockers or inhibitors that, you know, want to keep your blood pressure low. Um, So we have, we have, I've I've worked with people that, you know, they're, they're sweating. You can see they're, they're They're putting in all their exertion and (laughs) yet the heart rate is not really moving to where they're trying to get it to. Um, so then, then you just got to switch it up. You got to do something different. And when we, when we did that, we found that, oh, their heart rate did go up a little bit. But but, um, but yeah, if there are some inhibitors or things that are keeping your blood pressure where they're supposed to be, then um, it's kind of hard. But you can still get the intensity up. So um, the intensity can still be there. And um, yeah, so I, I, in uh, a shorter answer, both are really great. Just yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. you're getting
0: Heart well, that makes up. sense. So, so it sounds to me like to me, the big k- takeaway that I'm getting here, two things. One is the obvious and that is exercise is good for us no, no matter what. Um, that's an obvious. I'm going to leave that there. Right. But also um, it's important to check in with your healthcare professionals, to check in with professionals from a training standpoint, just to make sure that you're doing it safe, that you're in the right zone, as you say, and, and accomplishing the things that you're trying to accomplish without, you know, creating additional problems or, or injuries or, you know, setting yourself up for failure. Um, and I think that just sounds like good advice, no matter what right. too. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I definitely encourage everyone to, you know, check with providers Um, if there's any precautions that you want to check on. Definitely make sure you check with uh, someone in the healthcare, healthcare, and healthcare professional um, that can guide you as to what you can and can't do. Um, But definitely, definitely look to exercise. I mean, there's a lot of great, uh, you know, medication out there, medicines um, that that can definitely help. But I would also Lean strongly towards exercise as a way to combat these chronic diseases. Um, like I said, with with diabetes, going back to diabetes, you might not be able to completely uh, erase diabetes, um, but you can definitely manage it and also help lower that blood glucose, blood glucose levels uh, with with exercise. Right, exercise. That's good, honest,
0: mm-hmm. uh, on, honest, good, solid advice. I like it. Yeah, Ernest, yeah. thank you so much. That's uh, man. Time goes by so fast, fast. that's the time that we have to visit with you, but great advice and uh, best of luck with the new baby, four month old. And thank you. uh, Hopefully we'll have you back sometime.
1: (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Thanks.
0: Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Just common sense stuff. You know, none of that's groundbreaking, but just good things. Here's something that is groundbreaking. Registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games just closed. Oh, I know. So, you know, it's the time has to come. It has to happen eventually. It has happened. If you missed it, but if you want to see what all the fuss is about, you can check out all the schedules, the rules, all the information that you need to watch the events. And we encourage people to come on out and watch these right. events. For those who have registered, we're getting some questions about COVID-19, understandably. You can find our updated COVID-19 plan at seniorgames.net. And we encourage you to take a look at that and get familiar with it. Uh, for those of you who didn't register as well as those who did, it's also worth mentioning that you can now register to volunteer at the games. And we need a lot of volunteers. It takes about (laughs) 3,000 volunteers to pull this whole thing together. So you can, uh, once again, check out the website, seniorgames.net. Worth noting again this year, that when you register to volunteer, you'll be entered in a drawing for a brand new Mm e-bike from Charge Bikes. So take advantage of that. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We do take this live show and turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere that your podcasts Mm -hmm. are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating or write a quick review. You can do that on your iPhone by just scrolling down to the bottom of your Apple podcast app and shooting us a few stars right you can also find this and previous shows right on our website again seniorgames.net so don't miss that today's inspirational thought comes from the great poet ralph waldo emerson okay and i like this he says don't be pushed by your problems be led by your dreams Mm -hmm. until next thursday stay active